What's up? This is Jason. I just wanted to hop on here before the episode starts and let you guys know that this episode was recorded during the COVID-19 pandemic 2020. So if there's a dip in quality, that is why. And now, on to the episode. Tag Team Network, bitch! And here we go. This is Welcome to another great episode of Real Impossible, a bad movie and retro podcast where we watch bad movies so you don't have to, and then we talk about them. After you listen to us, you can decide for yourself if you want to see them, but don't say we didn't warn you. I am your host, Ben, and our another host, Jason. What's up, Ben? How's it going, Jason? How's your week? Uh, well, uh, I don't know. Every, all these days are just blending together, you know? Right. I, I made myself an Easter dinner, which is weird because I never cook Easter dinner. I, I'm always the one that, you know, I've made Thanksgiving before. I've made Christmas. I've done that. But this week has been weird. I made my own Easter dinner. I'm not used to making Easter dinner. I've never made a ham before. So that was interesting. And this is life in quarantine where the littlest things like making a ham is something exciting. Yeah, I... uh Remember, I think it was last episode, or was it the one before where I, where I said I went on a Jurassic Park binge, where I watched all five movies, not like in yeah. a row? Well, I did it again. <laughs> what? Oh, God. I watched all five movies. Like, I don't know why. I just was like, you know what? Because uh, you know, I see a lot of people on the internet talk about Jurassic Park. I'm actually in one of the uh, big you know, Jurassic Park groups on Facebook, so I see all the posts or whatever. And for whatever yeah. reason, when, when I read them, it just put it puts me in the mood to just. And when I when it like when I'm saying like puts me in the mood to watch them, I can't just watch like one. When I wa- watch one, I have to watch all of them. That's just the way it works. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's, I know. But, that's uh, some crazy Jurassic Park fandom there. I know that. Well, that's just with this quarantine. I mean, it's just you know just trying to stay um, sane. You know, just. But, uh, yeah, I know. Actually, I've been purposely trying to watch other things. I was like, okay, I need to stay. I need to start watching something else. But uh, but now I'm actually I'm still playing uh, Jurassic World Evolution. So that's not helping. So, so I'm just in I'm in a big Jurassic Park mood right now. I just can't seem to uh, get out of it. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's fine. What else are you supposed to do? Like, <laughs> I, I you can't go to the store. You can't do anything. No. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I, it's however you want to spend your time. Like me, I've I, I've been sleeping a lot today because my internet was down. And I was like, well, I can't do anything except for watch Netflix on my phone. So yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to sleep and wait for the internet to come back up. And hopefully we can record this podcast tonight. And thank gosh that we could. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of in the same boat. I haven't rewatched anything, but right. I mean, I've been playing. I've been playing MLB the Show, and uh, I downloaded the game Man of Madan. Okay. Have you heard of that? I have not. It's heard from of that. the. It's the crea- It's from the creators of Until Dawn. 
Have, have you heard of Until Dawn? I have heard of that. Okay. I can't say that yeah. I've played it, but I have heard of it. Until Dawn is a fantastic game, and I think everybody should play it. Um, Man of Madan, it's actually, it's a, it's going to be a series of games called the Dark Pictures Anthology. Okay. And Man of Madan was the first one. Uh, it has to do with a pirate ship and some gold and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I haven't played it yet. It looks cool. I just downloaded it, and maybe I'll have an update on that next week. Is that one of those uh, decision-based games where it's basically it's a story, but you're yeah. you're just deciding what's it's like it's a what is it called a tall tale or you know I think they're notorious for making those kind of games where it's just like you're you're really not controlling the person you're just controlling the decisions they make it's ba- it's basically a movie game yeah but those are the best kind of games yeah I like them I mean uh, one yeah. of them one of the first ones that I've ever heard of that I played back in the day was called Heavy Rain. Um, yep. It was a PlayStation exclusive, and that's exactly what it was. It was basically a movie. Great story, great graphics. Um, and, uh, yeah, all you did was just you just click, like, it would give you four options of what mm-hmm. you wanted a character to do, and each one of those options had a consequence, good or bad, and you basically were just playing... A guessing game kind of and each way just kind of led to an alternate ending it's actually a pretty cool concept um oh yeah i love heavy rain and i love all the games that they made they followed that up with uh beyond two souls and yeah. then uh last year was it last year or the year before i don't know time's kind of blending together here lately <laughs> uh they released D- detroit become human which was amazing like if you want to play a a uh, a movie, Detroit Become Human, is brilliant. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I have heard of that. I have not played it, but there's been a lot of games that I've been wanting to play. I just haven't. You know, it's just, um, I just don't have them, you know? Yeah. But, that uh, makes sense. I mean, you're busy. You have a kid. And, uh, <laughs> you you got to watch these movies now. It's like. Yeah. Um, I know. It's just with these. Um, these, you know, these podcasts and, and working and stuff like that. It's like, um, you know, it's been fun, though. I've been enjoying it. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. So. All right. So um, this uh, week's episode, we got the great movie called Parasite, which we are going to get into. But first, we got movie news. Okay, uh, not a whole lot in the news this week, but there are a few things. Looks like we got um, Sam Raimi confirms he is directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, we talked about this earlier, right? Now, apparently this is is not really news. This was something that was confirmed a couple months back, right? No, this is actually, since I sent that to you, this is actually confirmed today. Oh, Um, Okay. A couple of months back, he was rumored to be doing it, but they never officially announced anything. And then today he was talking about, uh, he had said something about a Doctor Strange reference in Spider-Man 2. Okay. And when he was in that interview talking about the Doctor Strange reference in, in Spider-Man 2, he officially confirmed that he's directing it. So this isn't breaking news today. Nice. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, well, he had mentioned that as if it was common knowledge that he was already directing Doctor Strange. Okay. So I guess it was official for a while, but it just wasn't made. It didn't break headlines until today. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't even hear about it two months ago. I didn't even know it was rumored. And today it's a confirmed. So um, I like the first two Spider-Man movies that were the first two that were directed by him. Didn't really care for Spider-Man 3. I actually hated Spider-Man 3. Um, but I, I think so did a lot of people. Um, but uh, yeah, he's kind of a different director. He has his own style. He, I think his directing is more meant for like the horror genre. But oh, yeah. uh, but I can see because it's he's such a good special effects guy. Uh, mm -hmm. I think Doctor Strange will be right up his alley. So I think that will work. Yeah, Spider-Man 3, I didn't hate it like other people hated it, but it wasn't a good movie. It's because mm -hmm. Sony said, hey, you have to have Venom in this. And he did not want Venom in that movie. Yeah, yeah. He had wanted... It, Sony had their agenda. He had his agenda. And he couldn't get out of it because he signed a contract. So he just kind of yeah. trashed his own movie there. Right. Um, because... Yeah, the Venom in that movie, Topher Grace, even where, you know, what is it? Spider-Man becomes like, uh, I don't know what's going on. He's like mind controlled or he becomes like a different Peter Parker. I don't know. Emo the, Parker. Yeah, he's like an emo Parker. Oh, my God. I Yeah, that um, I hated every bit of that. Um, I mean, the special effects were great, like the fight, like Sandman and stuff like that. That was cool. But overall, that movie is just it wasn't the best effort by that studio or director i mean it, it just wasn't that great it, it could have been better yeah and i i get why they fired him but they were going to do spider-man 4 and they were going to bring on uh what is it craven is craven a spider-man villain or is he batman uh craven i think that might be a spider-man i could be wrong whoever yeah, they were they were going to go with either yeah i think they're going to go with craven for spider-man 4 Okay. And there's a there's a, there's a script online or an outline. I okay. mean, it's already it was it was that far into production that it almost happened, and then Disney pulled or not Disney, Sony pulled the plug. Yeah, I mean, Spider Man is probably by himself one of the most profiting superheroes there is right now. He might even be more profitable than Batman right now. I mean, he's just I mean, he's everywhere. I mean, merchandise, shirts, kids' toys, cartoons. I mean, he's on everything. So. They're not. They're not going to stop making Spider-Man movies anytime soon. Uh, oh no. Uh, so uh, yeah, it, it doesn't matter what how well the the latest Spider-Man movie does. They're always mm -hmm. going to make. A, they're always going to make another one. It's just like Batman movies. They're never going to stop making those things. They're just going to keep making them. <laughs> no. It's, it's just. I mean, you got one of the most popular heroes of all time. I mean, it, it generates an enormous amounts of money. So. They're going to keep making those things. And Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, is, they've already announced that it's going to be Marvel Cinematic Universe's first horror movie. Oh, nice. So if Sam Raimi's... And that was before Sam Raimi was attached. That's when the original director was attached. Yeah. So now that Sam Raimi's doing it, it's like, this is going to be balls-to-the-wall insane. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm hoping that Disney doesn't get in the way of that because... I know they like their movies targeted uh, towards a certain audience. What well, I think a lot of people had this fear with Deadpool too, because they just Deadpool and Disney or horror horror movies and Disney just doesn't seem to go well in the same sentence. But I mean, um, if, if 
you know, if Disney's the one backing this and, and then there's reports saying that, hey, they're going for a horror version of Doctor Strange, then it's probably going to happen. I'm just hoping, like, how real, like, how scary can it, or is Disney going to allow it to be, you know? Well, they can, they can do hard PG-13. Like, you gotta think, there mm-hmm. was some creepy stuff in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And I don't know if you've watched The Mandalorian, but there's an episode of The Mandalorian that is straight up horror. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. So they can do hard PG-13 and still get away with it. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I can see that. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. I'm just, like I said, I'm just hoping, though, that they let Sam Raimi do his thing. And it's not going to be a whole nother mm-hmm. Sony and Raimi where so- they kind of get in the way of his creative control because Spider-Man 3 turned into a shit show. So I'm kind of hoping Disney doesn't do the same thing that Sony did, get in Sam Raimi's way and kind of like, you know what? Like you hired this guy for a reason. Um, he is the creative mastermind. Let him do his thing and just stay out of his way. <laughs> you know, that's my thought. That's my thoughts on it. Yeah, well, the, Sam Raimi worked with Disney on uh, the Wizard of Oz prequel that came out like a, five, six years ago. Okay. Um, so they have that, they have that uh, rapport. Like he, they know how to work with each other. So okay. I'm sure everything will be fine. It's not like we're, it's not like this is the first Disney movie he's gonna do. In fact, that was the last <laughs> movie he directed. Oh, oh, what? Nice. Oz, okay. Oz, Oz the Great and Powerful came out in 2013. That was the last movie he directed at all. So, okay. I mean, now he's just in the Disney system. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, and I'm sure it's going to be good, but that would be the only only thing that I would be skeptical about. But, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be legit. It sounds like um, he's already worked with Disney before, so they kind of know, I think they both know what to expect out of each other. So I can't see why it wouldn't work. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so next bit of news. Um, Disney Plus uses CGI to edit out to edit out Daryl Hannah's butt in the classic movie Splash. And I actually just read about this. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to hard-hitting breaking news in the middle of a quarantine where editing out CGI, editing out a butt with CGI is actually like news that yeah make, makes a splash on the internet. Yeah, and, and I actually saw it. It's actually kind of funny. Like what they did was what they just kind of made her hair longer. So it, oh, it okay. right where it just the hair falls down further, so it just covers the buttocks. So let's say they're not really editing out the butt; they're just making her hair longer, so it goes over the butt. But if you were to look at it though, her hair it doesn't quite it doesn't look right. It looks like a, it, it's an obvious edit job. And I mean, I understand it. Like they if they what is it they put they put the movie on? Is it on Disney Plus? It's on Disney Plus, but it's an originally a Fox movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they bought the Fox library and they put it on Disney Plus. And I guess you know, a lot of the you know the audience that goes on to Disney Plus are typically kids. So I guess they can't have a movie that's about a mermaid where they show the buttocks. And I get it, but um, I think they should just have not have put that movie on or. Um, Maybe just cut out that scene a little bit or whatever. But anyways, that that CGI work. 
is horrendous. It does not look good. Yeah, I'll have to check it out at some point. I didn't like Splash when I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah, like, it was one of my sisters. It, my sister was watching it all the time, and I was just like, "All right, she's a mermaid. Cool. Um, <laughs> I don't care." Tom yeah. Hanks is cool, but yeah, I like Tom Hanks. Honestly, I never saw the movie. Uh, I've never seen the movie either. Um, or if I did, it wasn't a, you know, it was a long time ago. I don't remember it. I just looked up all that, you know, because I saw that people were buzzing about it on the internet. I looked mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, I was like, looked into it and I was like, uh, it's really not that big of a deal, but it is kind of funny how sh- pretty shoddy the editing work is on it. All right. Okay. So, uh, what about that streaming? What's coming out to streaming? Okay. On streaming, Netflix, April 17th, it looks like we got Black AF. Just watched the trailer for it. Thought it looked pretty funny. Yeah, it looks really funny. Like normally, I wouldn't talk about like I'm a fan of Blackish, which the uh, the main character in the Netflix show Kenya Barris is actually the producer of Blackish. Yeah. So like I know about his work, and he wrote Girls Trip a few years ago, and so I've seen his stuff, but I he's never he's not an actor. Yeah. So it's interesting to see him do like this mockumentary style show and it looks actually really really funny yeah it does um it looks like rashida jones is gonna is uh they're uh like she's gonna she's probably i guess the main star alongside him or whatever and yeah she's she's a good actress i mean i i think that i think it'd be good yeah it, it looks great i i'm i'm gonna watch it all right so and then now next on Netflix coming out April 20th. We have Cooked with Cannabis, which, um, going off the name, it tells you everything you need to know about the show. Yeah, I mean, uh, this episode's going up before uh, April 20th, but we will have an episode that will drop on April 20th. But I wanted to bring this up because tis the season. If, if you're partaking in the holiday, uh, this could be something to learn from, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so, you know, cannabis, if that's your thing and you like to cook, I mean, this uh, show seems like to be a two-in-one for you. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw the preview. It looks like a great British bake-off show with weed. Like, <laughs> yeah. they, they're getting down They're getting down in the kitchen with some weed. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Okay, all right. And then on April 18th, we have uh, Stubber uh, on HBO. Yes. Which has um, Batista and yep. Eco, Eco UI. Eco UI, um, he, I, I think he's a villain in the movie. And then um, the other actor, main actor in the movie. I can't think of his name. Uh, hold on. Let me look him up real quick. I know his name, but I can't think of it on the, off, off the top of my head right now either. I know. I feel like I should definitely know this. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Kumail Nanjiani. Okay, say that again. Kumail Nanjiani. Yes, him, Batista, and Eco UI. Um, I have not seen this movie. I've actually been meaning to rent this movie for a while now, but um, Amazon was doing this thing where you can rent it for $6 or you can buy it for 10 which is like, okay, um, all right, I don't want to pay $6 when I can buy it for $10, just $4 more, but I don't want to pay $10 to watch a movie. So it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I just, that's why I'm like, okay, I see that, but I was like, I could buy it for 10, but I don't want to pay 10 
So it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? It's just a better deal not to watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand that. I, I, I'll check it out when it's on HBO. I'm not. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I thought about. I thought about seeing it in theaters when it first came out. You know what? And I used to have last year and the year before I had a uh, movie pass. Yeah. I don't know if you knew much about movie pass, but yeah, I, I was one of those people that probably ran that program into the ground oh, because wow. <laughs> I used it every day. I oh, went and wow. saw movies that I, I went and saw movies that I did not care about one bit just because I could nice uh like red sparrow uh red sparrow was a trash movie but i saw it in theaters just because it was free yeah and uh i, I missed that program anyway stuber is one of those movies where if i had movie pass still i would have went and seen it in theaters right yeah and i mean it it looks funny it looks like actually actually looks like one of the typical movies that i would like and it actually ha- has one of my favorite action people of all time and that's eco ui and if you don't know who uh, who that is just do yourself a favor and check out the raid movies those movies are great those movies are great action-packed i mean best uh martial choreographed martial arts fights you're gonna find in any movie period it it makes the bruce lee movies look flat-footed but uh yeah um yeah uh it's it's really good um Eco UI, he's been in other things too. He was in Mile Twenty Two with Mark Wahlberg. He was in, um, he, he had a brief cameo in uh, The Force Awakens, very brief. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I always thought, I always thought, I was like, man, are we going to see this guy fight with lightsabers? Because that would be cool, but uh, that didn't happen. So I was kind of disappointed in that. But uh, anyway, Stubber comes out on uh, April eighteenth, HBO. Um, I'm actually looking forward to that. Okay, and then the next, uh, it looks like, is this a, a movie or a show? Uh, the, Light, the Lighthouse on Amazon Prime, April 16th. That is a movie, and if you watch the trailer, that is the, it's in black and white. It stars uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, and it's about these two guys that work at a lighthouse in, like, New yeah. England. Okay. And it's it's directed by the director who did The Witch. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's it's very indie horror. Okay. And it has... I, I own it. I haven't finished watching it. I know it has something to do with a, a mermaid. Okay. So I, I, I can't go any further than that because I don't know. Because I couldn't... <laughs> I couldn't personally get into it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it... A lot. It was a lot of people's favorite movie of last year, and it's going to be on Amazon Prime. So, I mean, if you have Prime, just check it out. Even if we all have nothing but free time right now, unless you're working from home, and even then, you have more free time than you used to. Yeah. So, you might as well check it out. It's basically free. Right. Um. I, actually, I did watch the trailer. I think I, it was like a minute, twenty seconds long, or whatever. Uh, it was a short trailer. And I couldn't tell if it was a TV series or a movie. And then uh, the entire time I was watching it, and I was like, okay, that's Robert Pattinson, who is mm-hmm. um, who has been casted to play the new Batman. And yeah. I see William Defoe, who would be great as the Joker. So I'm like, is this movie foreshadowing what we could be seeing in the future, where we see Robert Pattinson's Batman square off against William Defoe's Joker? I really hope that happens. 
Probably not, because Willem Dafoe's getting up there in age. He's probably not going to want to play the Joker. Right. <laughs> like, I just... I, just, I Yeah, and unfortunately, I think you're right. I just think, man, I think that would have been really awesome. I don't know why they didn't... They have not casted him. I think he would have been perfect. I mean, he was good as a Spider-Man villain. I think he had been really great as the Joker. Yeah, he's 64 years old. We're not getting him as the Joker. <laughs> uh, well... I mean, we could get him as a, a cameo as like the yeah. Joker's dad. Like, if he's I like, taught you how to be that way. <laughs> yeah, if if it's like an older Joker, yeah, I can see it happening. But I didn't know he was sixty four years old. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So. Um. Now, I guess we're trying uh, to get into. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. To the movie of the week, Parasite. <laughs> okay, all right. So, Parasite, um, according to IMDb, is about a poor family, the Kims, who con their way into becoming the servants of a rich family, the Parks. But their easy life gets complicated when their deception is threatened with exposure. Cool. Okay, so um, this is, if you're listening to this now, you probably know by now that this movie actually won um, Best Picture at the Oscars. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that's really no secret. Um, the uh, So it won't surprise you about the tomato meter. It got a 99% fresh, which is, I mean, that's tomato meter. That's as good as you're going to get. For, I mean, yep. that's, uh, you're not going to get, I mean, it. Any, I don't. I think it's pretty much impossible for a movie to get 100%. I have never seen it happen. So 99% is 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 so that tells you all everything you need to know about mm-hmm. that. And then we got the audience score, which is also 90%. And audience scores are also. I mean, the audience can be really rough on these kind of movies, especially since like not a lot of um, audience like scores and usually. The tomato meter scores usually differ. They, they usually don't ever agree. Sometimes they do, but most of the time they don't. But um, the fact that these both they're both giving it at least that ninety percent that pretty much tells you that this is a pretty good fucking movie. So, oh yeah, I mean, I, the, what I saw. Go ahead. Uh, I'm about to say it, it. I mean, it won an Oscar, Best Picture. So yeah. Oh, it won five. I think five Oscars. Uh, the audience score was mostly what I could see. The only thing gripes that people had about it was that it was in Korean. People don't like to read subtitles. Yeah. And so they. Yeah. But no, it's God. This movie's. This is the perfect movie. Yeah. Um. So t- before we actually start talking about the movie, we do got some fun facts. Looks like uh, say this, okay. So this was directed by Bong Joon Ho, uh, who he directed The Host, uh, Snowpiercer, and Akja, which I've only seen one of those movies. I saw Snowpiercer, was not a fan of it. Um, uh, that one actually kind of bored me. I have not seen the other two movies, but. Um, yeah, that's the, those are the other projects projects that he worked on. Um, yeah, the host the host is about a monster that kind of like a squid like Godzilla type monster okay. that destroys destroys Korea. Uh, I didn't see it, 
But I remember I used to work at Blockbuster. I remember seeing the box art. And it's actually on it's actually on Hulu right now. Okay. Um Snowpiercer a lot of people know about because it's it's Hollywood. Like it's got Hollywood actors in it. Yeah. Um Okja also has Hollywood actors in it. Jake Gyllenhaal's in Okja. Nice. Um and it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. So I liked Okja. I, I can't tell you a lot about it right now because it's been some years since I saw it. But yeah, this director, this director is a great director. Okay. All right. Um, and, and it appears so going off his resume and, and I mean, just directing this movie alone just tells you mm -hmm. he's a pretty good director. Um, now, this movie Parasite had a budget of 13 and a half KRW, which is 11 million American dollars and some change. Um, it, it, it grossed over 100 million worldwide. Uh, the entire film was built on a set. Uh, the house, uh, street, the apartment, um, everything was on set. Which is amazing. Like, you, I don't even yeah. know how they pulled that off. I honestly don't either because when you're watching the movie, um, you definitely don't feel like it was a whole set that it was built on. It definitely feels like they were everything was completely separated like it basically you it, you just thought they were just in a town they were it, yeah watching it it's not obvious that it's on a set at all yeah i mean i mean but, imagine how big that imagine how big that uh soundstage had to be uh yeah for, yeah i imagine for that to be a set right um now there is a american spinoff in the works for hbo which does not surprised me at all i feel like hbo anytime they see anything that's like oscar worthy or whatever they always stop and be like huh i wonder how we can make a spinoff about this yeah but it's got bong joon ho he's a producer on it yeah and uh adam mckay is also another producer from it so i think it's adam mckay okay find my information on that but we'll get back to that a little bit later <laughs> Okay, so, um, all right, so diving in to the movie, mm -hmm. and I am pulling up my, my notes about it. Um, all right, so we uh, kind of said the plot earlier, but I'm gonna, we're going to say it again, and I'm going to say it kind of in my own words. This movie is about a family of four who go by the Kims, who con their way into working for a rich family called uh, the Parks. Um, the kid, the Kim's family, uh, they're dirt poor. Uh, they don't have a lot of money. They live together in a very small apartment. Um, and their son finds, he lands a gig where he um, becomes a tutor for this rich family who, goes by the parks, um, becomes a tutor for their daughter. Well, he um, realizes how lucrative that could be, you know, not just for him, but for his entire family, because uh, the parks tends to hire a lot of inside help, um, you know, to accommodate their luxurious lifestyle. So, you know, they have their own personal driver, they have a nanny, and they also have a maid. So um, the other three of uh, on the Kim side, you know, they got the mom who goes for the maid position, and they got the dad who goes for the driver position, 
And then they also have, you know, the sister who goes for the nanny position. So, um, but for them to pull it off, they can't just be like, oh, yeah, we all know each other. You know, they have to pretend like they are complete strangers. So um, they have to pretty much con their con themselves, trick, you know, a lot of lying, you know, to get into the positions of this house to land those jobs so they can work for this rich family. Yep. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, I think that was a pretty good concept. I mean, I've never I've never watched anything about that. Um I mean, it, it's uh, it was kind of a cool take on you know it, we see a lot of movies where we t- where they try to like do uh, you know lower class families versus mm-hmm. higher higher class or whatever. But this movie wasn't really just about low class versus upper class. This was more about greed and deception yeah. and lying and how. Um, just how all of that can kind of just snowball and just really bite you and just bite you in the ass because, um, oh, yeah. uh, th- I mean, now you're probably listening to that and you probably hear the plot. Well, like, well, what, what's the big deal of that? You know, what, what, what is so bad about a family of, of, you know, a lower class family trying to sneak their way into working for a upper class family? Well, it's really not that big of a deal, except you got to remember that they're lying. Like the, the, the Parks family, they don't know that the people that they're now employing are actually a family themselves. They have no idea. It's completely, I mean, they're completely oblivious to it. I mean, their son kind of, he kind of notices it a little bit, you know, because he, he sees that they all kind of, you know, their clothes smell the same and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it, which the dad is very, um, seems to be very um, self-conscious about his smell and takes great offense to that. But we can get into that later. Yeah. Anyways, so um, the Parks family, after they hired everybody, you know, not knowing that they're a family the whole time, they decide to go on a camping trip. Yeah. So the Parks family, they go on a family trip. Uh so the other family, you know, the family that's worked for the Kims, you know, who are used to living in a small apartment with each other, they are like, well, let's take this opportunity to uh, hang out here at this nice house while they're gone. We can take advantage of their food and, you know, and their luxurious house and, you know, just have a party amongst themselves. Where, well, um, that actually turns to shit really quick because the old uh, maid that used to work for, in that house for the Park family shows up, and it turns out that um, that there is a fucking squatter in the basement. Uh, <laughs> there's a squatter in the basement um, behind this hidden wall, which I don't even know. If, I don't even. They don't really ever say that the Park family even knows it's there. Like it was just all, all that's it's it's hidden by this bookshelf. It's a really heavy bookshelf. I mean, they really got to use a lot of muscle to slide it out of the way. And mm-hmm. l- turns out that there's been a, a fucking dude living in the basement this whole time. And the uh, Park family d- has no clue about him. Well, how did he get there? Well, he actually um, is the husband of the old maid that used to work there before she got fired. Well, when she got fired, mm-hmm. she, she had to leave right away. They made her leave. 
Um, well, her husband was still there in the basement. No one knew about him. So she had to come back and help him or either feed him, help him, get him out. I don't even know what the whole, what she was trying to do because he didn't want to leave. Like, I guess he was uh, really content about living down in that, in that basement dungeon area. Well, um, he was like he was like treating the the dad the park's dad like like a god like yeah. like he worshipped him which i thought that was really weird but that was like why he didn't want to leave because i've i i you know i talked to this man through the lights every day or something like that it was really weird anyway go on yeah um but anyway that's pretty much the uh i mean now you know the the old maid she finds out that, um, you know, that the family, the Kims, she kind of finds out that they really are a family and she threatens to expose them. And, you know, the other family is willing to do anything for her to not to expose them or whatever. And, and then it kind of turns into a cat and mouse where it's just, you know, them fighting each other. I mean, shit really hits the fan really quick in this movie. Uh, yeah, and I mean, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, it's basically this family after they spent so much time uh, into lying and trying to deceive this other family that now they are at risk of being exposed. And so that's where the movie takes you. <laughs> yeah, this movie is insane. Like, mm-hmm. nobody in this movie is a good guy, except for maybe the mom of the Parks family. No, she nobody in this movie. No, she she's not a bad guy or woman. She's just a she's just not very smart or she's just very oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's what she's a victim of. Of just not of not really um because oh my okay so uh, this movie I mean it's so good like it's really really good but there's mm-hmm. some things that are just so frustrating like why do they not do more background checks on these people that they bring into their house. Especially the nanny who is or the tutor and the tutor that is working with their kids. Like I'm just like, how did they not, you know, do some more background info on that? But I mean, um uh, Well, I mean, we don't know we don't know how things are in South Korea. That's true. If somebody if I if I were in a different country and somebody came up to me for a job to be a a, a nanny and they said that oh, I went to the University of Illinois. Like I, I'm gonna know, I get, I'm gonna know Illinois because everybody knows where Chicago is, right? So everybody knows that's in the United States. So I'm gonna be like, oh, oh, you, you must be really qualified for this position. Yeah. Let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and hire you because you went to the University of Illinois, which I thought that was pretty cool because it's in Korea and they mentioned Illinois, which is where we live. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah that ugh, nobody in this movie is a good person. Like even from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like his the the kid the guy's friend who tells him about the job like okay so he's out of school and this kid is like a sophomore or a junior in high school so she's not of age so that's a yeah. creepy thing right there right that from the beginning like they're gonna fall in love or whatever <laughs> and yeah. then they kiss right or well not yeah. the brother right yeah I think so yeah. Not yeah, not the friend. The friend, the friend leaves the movie. Yeah, he leaves, but the you know 
the brother of the Kim family that gets hired to be her tutor, who is, I'm not sure how old he is, but I'm pretty sure he's like college age. Yeah, he's out of school. He's yeah, he's out like... of school. And he uh, he fall, ends up falling for this 14-year-old. And then there's even a part in the movie where they kiss, and it's just, it's just like, wow, that is, that's crazy. Again, looking at that from American eyes, yeah, you know, it's jarring to me, but it's it might not be to Koreans. I don't know. I don't know how that's true. I don't know how that's true. Work over. It's hard to gauge, you know, what is um, tolerated or what's okay in a, another country. I, I have no idea. I just know, you know, from what I'm used to, you know, college fourteen year old, college, you know, a college kid and a fourteen year old. Uh, no, that's just automatic, you know, that is yeah. just pedophile. That's just, no. Um, yeah. no. Not okay. Not so, I mean, that just goes into your point of, you know, none of these people in this movie are really good, good people. I mean, they're mm. all kind of, they're all kind of shitty in their own way. Um, and especially like the dad of the, you know, the, of the parks, you know, the rich dad or whatever, he just kind of comes off as a very like uh you know, kind of full of himself, but also kind of like, um, he's kind of like that douche boss, you know, that watches your every move and wants to be like, yeah, you missed a spot or, you know, or you're being, you know, you're being too loud. You know, my son's trying to sleep. Can you please, uh, you know, uh, put these tables up quieter? <laughs> like that, yeah. like that, that kind of person, you know, that really annoying kind of boss or whatever. And then, I mean, all of them, I mean, they're just, even the uh, the mom who was hired to be the maid, uh, There, there's a part in this movie, which is really funny. My my favorite, most favorite part of the movie is when they're trying to tie up the old maid and her husband down in the basement, but the, <laughs> the maid somehow slips away and runs up these stairs, these concrete stairs, like, Concrete start gets up to the kitchen, and then the new in the new maid, the mom of the Kims, just kind of like just bitch kicks her down the steps real quick, just sends her flying backwards on the concrete steps, and she hits her head really hard. <laughs> yep. I mean, nobody would really have survived that, and I mean, and um, I mean, she kind of did, but she was pretty much brain. I mean, she pretty you could tell she had brain damage after that, like. I mean that shit fucked her up. Oh yeah, the, the, there there's so many scenes in this movie like that. This movie is one of those movies where you think you have it figured out. Like <laughs> you think this movie is like they they infiltrate the house and they're they're living their best life and you know yeah. they're gonna get caught at some point. But it's 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 gonna be mainly they infiltrated the house and you know that's that. And then yeah. it turns into a and then it turns into a horror movie. You're like. Mm-hmm. what yes <laughs> like uh and then it turns into a drama right like like a straight up like court drama at the end <laughs> and it's yeah. like what is this movie is nothing like i've ever seen in my life oh yeah this movie is crazy i mean there's a whole like the basically the final act of this movie where shit really gets out of hand i mean it kind of catches you off guard with everything that happens. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody watching this. Um, so if you're, I mean, if you're listening to us, I'm sure you've already watched the movie. 
If not, we've been spoiling the shit out of it <laughs> for you. But, but uh, we, haven't, we haven't given away the the big big spoilers. Like, okay, no. they know that it starts off a they know that it starts off as a comedy, right? And they know right. it goes into horror. They know it goes into drama. But yeah. They don't know what happens to get it to go into that. No, yeah, it's um. I mean, this is a good movie. I mean, the plot, the story, everything to the um, uh, the chemistry of all the you know the people involved, like the Kim family. I mean, they worked really well together, and it was kind of cool seeing them you know come up with these clever ideas to like trick the Park family. Like you know, it's just you know like the whole you know where she's getting a ride from the old driver, and she takes off her panties and plants them in the back seat. So the, so. The dad, you know, of the Park family, uh, finds that pair of panties and just thinks that, oh, so this driver's been having sex in my car. And he's like, okay, well, time to fire him then. And then who does he hire to replace him? The dad of the woman who planted the panties in the car. I mean, it was just really, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty clever, you know? <laughs> Like I said, this this movie is like nothing I've ever seen, and nothing we're ever going to see again. Like, mm-hmm. like Bong Joon Ho, the director, needs to just start producing movies from here on out because he's not. There's no, I can't fathom a way he's going to top this movie. No, and there's, you know, and there's just there's no way. And the one thing of like, yeah, like, and I agree with you. Um, the directing on this of this movie is great. Story, the writing, and I'm pretty sure he did all that. Right, because he didn't just direct; he wrote the movie too, right? Yes, he uh, did. And I've actually read the screenplay. Yeah, and so I mean, his this is his work essentially. Like this is all him. Like this is, um, and he did a great job. And one thing that I really liked is that he kind of played into the fear that a lot of people do have, and that is, you know, there could be potentially somebody living in your basement that you have no idea is there you know. yeah especially in like south korea where they uh i think they explained in the movie that there is a lot of the richer the higher class people have these bunkers built underneath their house mm-hmm. because of the, the south korea and the north korea like the disruption like so yeah we don't really have that here like we have basements and some some of the really crazy people have bunkers here but in South Korea, that's more of a common thing. And I guess some people just aren't aware that they're there. Like yeah. the Park family, for example. Yeah, but I say, yeah, the only way you would know it was there if you, you had to remove this really heavy bookshelf. You had to slide it out of the way, you know. And so, yeah, if you didn't do that, like, yeah, it's I can completely see why, you know, it would be able to stay hidden for so long. But, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, I think that was a pretty cool concept, you know, just like, I mean, just the imagining of somebody that has been living in your house with you. You had no idea that they were there this whole time. And, you know, they came up, took, you know, took, you know, little pieces of food here and there out of your refrigerator while you're yep. sleeping, at, while you're sleeping at night. You know what I'm saying? Like, to that is just crazy, you know, um, but, uh, you know. I thought it was a pretty cool concept, you know, and it was just, I mean, this movie was just a, a bunch of things in one, you know, it was the lower class, upper class, you know, butting heads with, you know, the, and, you know, and then also, you know, 
the bits of greed, you know, and there's the whole lying, you know, so many people were kind of caught lying in this movie. And then it just, there's all, a, uh, yep. good. there's a disaster movie part <laughs> where they're yeah. dealing with the flooding. And it's like, what, what else is this movie going to throw at you before it actually ends? Cause it really does. It has like a hodgepodge of everything in it. Yeah. It does. Um, so, I mean, so many things. Yeah, it's um, it's like everything in one. I mean, I any, anything you can expect out of out of a movie. I mean, this pretty much has. Um, there's really not a whole lot more that can be say about this movie other than it was just really good. I mean, it was just um, definitely worth a watch. Um, it's probably nothing like uh, like nothing I've ever really seen before. But uh, yeah. Yeah, and we 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 left some key things out because we really want you to watch this because it's we I think so many people are not going to see this because of the subtitles. Yeah, and it's a shame because I don't like subtitles movies, but I gave this one a chance, and I was sitting here watching it, and I was on the phone when I was watching it because I didn't expect to like it. You know, and uh, this was go ahead. Um, yeah, I understand you. Like, yeah, with the subtitles, I actually prefer to watch a movie with subtitles. Because, yeah. because a lot of actors, as good as they are, sometimes they they don't really pronounce, whether it's just a part of their act or what, they don't pronounce their words very well. And and mm-hmm. so there, there, there could be like three or four lines that are very critical to the story that you don't hear you know that you just don't you never heard or whatever well subtitles can bring that out they can br- you read everything so you're following the story from beginning from beginning to end you're actually following the whole story and you don't miss anything about the plot and that's what i like about the subtitles yeah for me like i didn't i i saw this movie before all the oscar buzz mm-hmm. like there were people there were people online talking about how great it was and yeah i got it i bought it when it was went the day it went digital so it was like yeah. late december and right. uh i didn't think i was gonna like it like i just started watching it and like i said i was on the phone and then there's a point that happens towards the end of it mm-hmm. where I, I i i barely caught out of the corner of my eye what was going on and i i told the person i was on the phone with i was like hey i'm gonna have to call you back <laughs> and then i rewound the entire movie I was like, okay, I'm going to give this another shot. <laughs> because, Jesus, this movie is brilliant. Like, there will be film studies done on this movie. Like, I don't even... There's there's only so many ways I could say this movie is amazing. Yeah. It, it just... You don't know what you're missing if you don't watch it because you don't want, like, subtitles. <laughs> like, yeah. HBO is working on a spinoff, okay? And it's going to be more of a... They haven't said if it's an Americanized version. Um, They did mention that some of the actors are coming back from the movie. So is it Americanized version plus a spinoff combined? I don't know how they're going to do that. So there there is an Americanized version coming out for HBO, but it's not going to be this movie. Like, it's going to be in addition to. So please... Do yourself a favor and see this movie because it is your. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite movie of the 2010s. It might be one of my favorite movies of all time because right there's just nothing else like it. One thing I would like to say, and I wish I would have said this before we started talking about it. This movie is better 
watching, not knowing anything about it. Like, you know, because that's how I watched it. I didn't look up anything. Um, however, though, I do, I do, th even hearing everything that we just said, I do think you, there, you will still enjoy the story. Like, the, the story, the acting, the, the execution by the director. I mean, it, it was just, it was a really, it was, it was pretty good. And it's got so much rewatchability. Like, I turn it on. Like, I, I didn't even watch the movie for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, I've already seen it, like, five or six times before now. Right. And I still remember everything about it because I've watched it so many times to try to, to catch new things. Because you're going to catch something new every time. Yeah. Like, you're going to see the eyes. You're going to see the eyes from the guy living downstairs peering out at a random point in the movie that you didn't realize it was there because you didn't know he was there. Right. So, like, it's just, there's yeah. so many Easter eggs in this. There's so many great things. I just, I can't, I can't, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's a, yep. Yeah. Um, I agree with you there. Um, okay, so are we ready to get into the, our, our final rating? I mean, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. I'll give it a 5,000 out of 10. <laughs> a 5,000 out of 10? Um. Okay, yeah, so I really liked the movie. Uh, I liked everything. Um, you know, the acting was great. Um, I did not mind the subtitles. I like subtitles anyways. I was not bothered by that. Um, the the set piece that was on, everything, like the, the house, the street, it doesn't even feel like they're on set at all, <laughs> but they are. And then, uh, you know, I was really impressed by that. Um, the, only, the only thing about this movie and it really has nothing to do with the movie honestly it's just how hyped this movie was like this movie was pretty hyped i mean i heard everybody was saying like oh man you have to watch this movie it is so good you know so good and um it, even with the hype it's still pretty i will i will give this movie a 10 out of 10 also yeah, i would say it's one of the few movies that lives up to the hype yeah, and my problem with hype, and I I don't like things that get overhyped because I feel like when you overhype something, most of the time the only thing that can happen is disappointment. You know, is when you talk, you know, things way up too high or whatever. But this is actually uh, probably an exception to that rule. Um, I liked it. Um, I can't really find any reason. You know, any other reason to really not like this movie? Like, there's really nothing bad about it. You know, it's, uh, it all like is... I said, it's the best picture, best foreign or international film now, best director, yeah. best editing. Like, there's so many best screenplay. Like, there's so many that this won, and that's just the Oscars. Like, yeah, this is the first, the first foreign film to ever win best picture at the Oscars. Like, Yep. It's something that we're not going to see. I mean, we might see a foreign film win Best Picture again. Yeah. But we're not going to see anything like this again. Like, no. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe if this guy, this director, maybe if he makes another one, you know, maybe he has something <laughs> else up. Maybe he has something else up his sleeve. You never know. But yeah. I mean, if he does, he's going <laughs> to. If he does, he's going to go right up there with Scorsese and all the other greats, which Scorsese is like his. Is like his like dream director like in his oscar speech he goes on and he's like you know when i was a, a young kid and i was going to film school like 
I would watch Goodfellas. I would watch, or was it Goodfellas? It might have been an earlier movie. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I would watch these Scorsese movies. And, and, and tonight, here I am at the Oscars, and I just won Best Director against Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, this guy is living his dream. And yeah. he, what he created was amazing. Yeah, it sure was. Um, I definitely do uh, would recommend anybody that likes, you know, movies at all you know i would definitely recommend this movie um i would have to say you know it is better um not watching any of the trailers or watching or knowing anything about it first but even if you do that's okay um still worth you know still worth watching and i think you'll enjoy it and watch it with no distractions put your cell phone down put (laughs) everything down and give give it your all because for one thing it's really funny yeah like the, the opening shot of the movie is them trying to get Wi-Fi signal for free. Like, yeah. oh, the person next door shut off their internet again. Like, <laughs> like that's funny. They're yeah. folding pizza boxes for a living. They, yeah, they that, fumigate. I thought that part was funny. I was like, okay, we got this family that is so smart into like conning people, whatever, but they can't fold pizza boxes i thought that was yeah funny. <laughs> they 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 let the bug sprayers outside spray into their window because it fumigates the apartment like, <laughs> yeah free fumigation yeah. like there's so many funny things in this movie and yep. it, it i didn't see anything about it either before i watched it except the oscar but or the awards buzz yeah and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was a comedy. I didn't know if it was a horror. With the poster, you kind of expect a horror. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, uh, that's true. But it ended up being way more than I could have ever expected. So, yeah, I have to agree with you there. Okay, so um, we already did our ratings. You gave it ten out of ten. I gave it ten out of ten, um, which is a no-brainer. Hands down, best movie. We're probably ever going to review on this podcast. Yeah, because we're not going to do too many of these good movies. Right yeah. now, uh, while everything is crazy, we might do a few just because to bring to bring the morale up of our listeners. Like, everything's sad and depressing right now, so we want you guys to be happy. Um, yeah. But eventually, we're going to get back to doing some really, 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 really bad movies. Yep. Okay. All right. So, okay, moving on. So, um, what's the next segment? <laughs> Uh, creation corner, which I was going to let us both kind of do this. Um, how would you cast this for American audience? Oh man, that's a, for this, that's a hard one because I hold the actors now. I hold the actors to this movie to such a high standard. I don't even want to offend them by comparing them (laughs) to somebody, uh, you know, to an actor, in America, you know, it's just, um, I can't even really think of anyone that we would even hold a candle to any of the actors in this movie. Um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I didn't make a list cause I wanted to kind of go off of from whatever you have or kind of yeah. just wing it on the spot. I yeah. can tell you that I can tell you that the person who's in talks with HBO right now to play, Mm-hmm. Uh, who would be the dad for the Kim family, which I don't know who he's going to be in this, but anyway, it's Mark Ruffalo. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, if I was to cast anybody, I mean, I'm really thinking of like really good top tier 
actors and i mean i would i would have to go you know tom hanks <laughs> you know Denzel, uh, well, or a, or you know some some somebody of that like level of greatness you know what i mean you gotta go you gotta go with the age bracket though yeah so like mr kim is in like his 50s i guess tom yeah. hanks is like a, a decade too old yeah like mark ruffalo perfect mark ruffalo would be perfect for that um, I can see um, I can see Idris Elba playing the dad for the parks. I could see that too. I could see that, um, and then I could maybe see um, Gal Gadot playing the mom for the parks. Um, I'm I can to, see. Uh, go ahead. I'm trying to think now. I'm tr- I'm trying to cast the mom and dad on the on for the Kim family, and that is just rough. That is. Um, that's hard. Uh, oof. I don't know. I don't really have anybody, man. I'm pulling Jennifer up blanks. Aniston. Okay. All right. Jennifer yeah. Aniston's are the perfect age. Yeah. I agree uh, with you there. I, I think really Mark Arfalo's good would be perfect for that. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe re-team Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler, because Adam Sandler is great with the drama. Yeah, he is. I have not seen um, his newest movie. Um, yeah, I have not seen it yet. The one that he also got Oscar consideration for that too. So um, uh, yeah, so the, yeah, I think the original, the original made, I think, would be like Meryl Streep. Okay. Yes. Steve so, Buscemi is the guy in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, that's perfect. Actually. Yeah. But the eyes, man, like the eyes are like pretty. Yeah, that's pretty dead on, man. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. Yeah, like, like um, what about the uh, the brother and the sister? Well, who are the famous twenty? Because really anybody, because they're in their twenties. Yeah. So really anybody in the twenties range would work out for the brother and sister, but they can't be, they can't be too famous. Like you can't do like Zac Efron. No, but no. you could do like. See, I don't know. That's that's kind of tough. That one is. I haven't tough. thought about. Right. Shia LaBeouf would be perfect, but he's aged out. Yeah, yeah. If I have to... he were five years younger, he would be perfect. Yeah. He he's already gone on and played his dad in a movie. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. Um. Yeah, I th- I think you're right. I think you could really almost cast any. 20-year-old, not-so-well-known, you know, actor or actress to play either, you know, the son or the daughter. I think they could pretty much get almost anyone. I don't think that would be really hard to cast. No. They could they could cast any whoever's, like, the big teeny bop star on the Netflix movies right now. Like, there's that, uh, what is the movie? It is, uh, it's not P.S. I Love You. Is it P.S.? There's a Netflix movie right now. No, it's not P.S. I Love You, but that's, like, the subtitle to it. <laughs> Come on. Okay. To All the Boys I Loved Before. Gotcha. You could uh, you cast anybody from that movie, really. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think, you know what, no matter who we would cast or who they would cast it differently, like, I wouldn't recommend it because there, there's no way they're going to make anything better than this <laughs> than what's already been made you know it's just like uh if anything I, th- I feel like it would be an insult you know what i mean like you just 
some movies you just don't touch. You just don't remake them. I mean, this, this will definitely fall into that category. And if they did redo it, they which they are. HBO is doing a, a spinoff series. Yeah. You would have to set it in a place like San Francisco. Because mm-hmm. I can't think of another place in the country that looks as similar to South Korea than San Francisco. Like the setting of it. Yeah. Um, you have to use the same house. Because yeah. that house is such... It, it's mm-hmm. as big a character as the rest of the characters. Yeah, with that, yes. Exactly, with that backyard, with the huge, you know, with the glass, you know, that kind of showcases everything, you know, that they're, you know, it's just like a really good layout, you know. And then, of course, like, you know, that kitchen, when you watch this movie, you're going to think of that kitchen with that door that leads down to the basement. (laughs) Oh, there's that part where he's coming up through the door. Yeah, where there, where the guy from downstairs is coming up to the door, and you can see him, like in in the darkness of the door. Yeah, like that's gonna be, that's gonna be a scene that, like, there's so many iconic scenes in this movie. Right. That they'll be talking about forever. Yep, I agree. Okay, so um, I don't have anything more to add about this movie. Nope. That's all I got about that. Like, just. Be careful, HBO, when you when you make this because we know it's not going to be as good as the Korean version. Right. But HBO, you're you're pretty high quality. You can make some good stuff. Yeah. So if anybody's going to do it right, it's going to be you, HBO. Mm. But don't mess it up, please. Yeah. So that's all I got. Okay. All right. So uh, weekly recommends. Uh, what do you got? So there's this little movie I watched last night called The Platform that's on Netflix. Because, okay. um, you know, we watched a movie with, that was South Korean, so it had subtitles. And Platform is from Spain, and so it is in Spanish. And it is about this tower. It's like a prison, but you can volunteer to go. And it's another movie about class systems. Because... Whatever you eat, you eat from whatever the the level above you ate. So, like mm-hmm. on level one, there's this on level one, there's this massive feast, like cakes and lobsters and hamburgers and salads and all kinds of stuff on level one. But little by little, as it goes down each level, there it becomes less and less and less and less and less, to where by the time you get to like the hundreds levels. There's nothing left at all, and they have to fend for themselves. Hmm. And it was fascinating. Like okay. if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen this yet, and again, it's in Spanish, so there's subtitles. But it is, it's not one that you're going to be able to watch a second time because you can imagine what happens on those lower levels. I don't even have to say it. Yeah. But it, it it's definitely one that I highly recommend. It came out last year, and it is on Netflix. The platform. Nice. Okay. Um, I have not watched really anything um, new uh, because I binge watched all the Jurassic Parks again, um, and then I and then I even played you know the Jurassic World video game. So I have really nothing new to recommend other than maybe uh, playing Jurassic World Evolution. Um, which is I, which I understand is not a game for everybody. Um, 
most of the time it, I probably wouldn't even be uh, a game that I would like, but because I'm in such a Jurassic Park mood, that's what I've been playing. So, uh, and it's a game that I bought two years ago that I haven't really played in a while. So, just started playing it. So that would be my one recommendation. If if uh, video games, awesome. what's up? I said awesome. Yep. So uh, that's all I got. Awesome. So uh, next week's movie, um, we're we're reviewing. We, we I want to have the episode up on four twenty because we're reviewing Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So the plan is to have it up by Monday, April twentieth. But if the internet goes down, if for whatever reason we can't, we'll have it up on the normal Wednesday. But for next week. Be prepared and watch Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Okay, looking forward to that. Yep, it's on Amazon Prime. So, again, if you have Prime, it's basically free. Awesome. Okay, all right. So, um, I don't have anything more to say. Uh, you want to sign us off? Where can we find you, Ben? Oh, yeah. Well, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, just look for me, I'm Benny B two seven eight. Awesome. And what about the Wego podcast? Um, yes, the other podcast I'm on, the Wego podcast, um, it is a adult-only podcast. That's why I try not to bring it up too much on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> I don't try oh. to bring it. What's up? I didn't know you weren't trying to bring it up. I just thought you were. Oh no! It's that. because it's a it's a podcast. It's a sex podcast. So yeah. that pretty much. Um, that's all there is to explain but um hey as long as you're you know you're 18 or older and you want to listen to it go right ahead um but yeah it's called the wiggle podcast you can find it on apple spotify or anywhere you get your podcast um if you're listening to this podcast right now you can get it in the exact same spot awesome and you can find me at mr movie dude on twitter and instagram and playstation and twitch and all kinds of fun stuff i'm sure um i'm not on instagram as much as i used to be but you know what i'll go ahead and say this because i'm going to start this coming up here soon you can also find me on instagram at biscuits gets fit it is an instagram account i set up a few years ago to try to document my weight loss journey that ultimately did not happen but with uh being on lockdown and not being able to do much i'm i really think i'm going to work on trying that and i actually want to start a podcast another podcast with a personal trainer or somebody where i talk about my fitness journey because uh, i am very overweight and i would like to fix that and so biscuits gets fit is my instagram to document that awesome all right okay so um I hope everybody listening um, enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, please uh, remember to hit the like button um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you follow us, uh, especially on our Real Impossible page on Facebook. Um, please, uh, and also please don't forget to rate on Apple. Yes. If you listen, um, and I hope everybody uh, stay safe, um, stay healthy, and uh, until next time, yeah. everybody, Take it easy. Yep. See ya.